Welcome on Andreas Medical Podcast. Today we have quite an exciting and interesting topic, one of the most popular uh, blog that's being visited on my website, and that is the 4P factor model and its purpose in psychological medicine. So what is the 4P factor model formulation? Well, just like the mental state examination, the MSE, it is a tool used in psychology, psychiatry, psychological medicine, or whenever it is deemed necessary and useful. It is quick, easy to use, and is a structured method to describe, assess, and observe your patient's narrative into a coherent and concise record. Unlike the MSE, which focuses on the psychological functioning and mental state of your patient, the 4P factor model formulation focuses on the collateral information of your patient and how they got to that point. That's pretty useful. We're looking at everything around of what's happening to your patient. So, this involves the past and the present of your patient, where generally the MSC is more involved in the now. In other words, the 4P factor model formulation utilizes four types of influences and the biopsychosocial risk factors. These influences and biopsychosocial risk factors, they shape the progression and development of mental health disorders for a particular patient. So this might be quite wordy, but think in a nutshell, what does it mean? In a nutshell, the formulation asks what is wrong, how it got to that way, and what can be done about it. At the end of your 4P factor model formulation, you should have a relatively detailed description of your key aspects of your patient's narrative, what is going on in their lives, and their risk factors. The 4P factor model formulation works hand in hand with the MSE, Hence, if you do both, you will get a clear picture about your patient's past and current life, and about their psychological functioning and mental state. This would allow the clinician to make a sound diagnosis, follow-ups, formulations, and patient management for recovery. This includes the best course of action, such as which therapy is needed, if medication needs to be started, if there's a need for referral to certain support groups or specialists, and so on. These are very useful in psychological consultation, so be sure to study and practice for a seamless and successful consultation. They can be quite challenging when you have a patient in front of you and you're looking at your notes and it doesn't feel very natural or organic. All right, so first things first. How is the 4P factor model formulation set up? Before we get into the risk factors of the 4P factor model formulation, we need to describe how the table is set up. In the table below, the columns contains the biological, psychological, and social risk factors, all under as the biopsychosocial approach. The rows contain the predisposing, precipitating, perpetuating, and protective factors, which are under the 4P factor model. That way, the core of the table is divided into 12 squares boxes. All 4P factor model formulation will be unique to the allocated patient. So have a look on the blog, if you're following this, you can see in table one, the 4P factor formulation table and how it is set up. Next, we need to define what are the risk factors. Risk factors are positively associated to increase the likelihood of the development and progression of a specific mental health disorder, but are not sufficient to cause the disease. These can be through particular events or characteristics. 
These risk factors can be specific or non-specific and can be with or without adverse childhood events. Identifying these risk factors can aid the clinician for a diagnosis, formulation and treatment planning. Each risk factor can have a direct or indirect impact on a patient's mental well-being and each patient's risk factor is experienced differently. It is also important to note that the more risk factors an ACE a patient has, the more the likelihood of developing a mental disorder. Now remember ACE stands for adverse childhood events. So the more adverse childhood events and risk factor a patient has, the more obviously the likelihood of developing a mental disorder. We have spoken about the risk factors. Now let's speak about the biopsychosocial approach and what are these components? Well, as the name suggests, bio would stand for biological, uh, psycho for psychological and social for social risk factors and approach. Biological generally talks about what the patient has already or was born with, such as the unmodifiable factors that they can never ever change. This involves the uh, physical development, their genetics, or how prone they are to develop any diseases or comorbidities and so on. For example, it is proven that an underweight newborn baby has an increased cardiovascular risk. Can the person do anything about that? Well, sure, we can always improve our cardiovascular uh, risk, but uh, only through modifiable factors, as let's say he or she must be careful about their diet, be more exercise conscious, drink less alcohol, and you know not start any smoking and so on. But the crucial take-home message is that a patient can be born with a disadvantage under bi the biological uh, approach. So, hence, biological factors increase or decrease risks and must be carefully explored as it plays a vital role in how soon a mental disorder may start and how well a patient can cope with the disorder. So a few examples is, well, we've spoken about genetics, family history, physical development, intelligence, temperament, and medical comorbidities. Of course, there's more examples. These are just a few examples. Our next approach is psychological. This section focuses more on the person and their mind. How is the person doing mentally or psychologically? The psychological aspects describe how you perceive yourself, your confidence, stress, self-esteem, and so on. How is their personality? Look at the development of their emotion their coping and defense strategies against a particular event. How do they respond to stresses? Some example includes personality, emotional development, coping strategies, self-esteem, insight, defense, how to respond to a certain stressor, and patterns of behavior and cognition. Our last approach is social. Social is about the connectedness with the community and the world. This includes family and friends, where they live, the support from people, and human interactions. How does a person fit in society with their culture or religion? Do they feel they belong and contribute to society? Now this actually um, addresses more about immigrants, people who go to another country and they have this culture shock, or they try to integrate into society of that country, can sometimes feel disconnected from their home, and be out of touch with the religion or cultures. So some examples about social approach is family and peer relationships, school, neighborhoods and how connected you are, 
culture, religion, and socioeconomic status, which is very, very important. We have talked about the biopsychosocial approach. Now we're going to talk more about the 4P factor models and what it is about. So the first one is predisposing, or I like to call it why me? These are the features that render a person vulnerable to the presenting symptoms. This can include medical and psychiatric history, family history, temperament, uh, genetics, and chronic social stresses. The predisposing risk factors increase the likelihood of a patient to develop a certain mental health disorder, but do not guarantee it. What has led up to this point? What factors have been contributed to this patient's problem over their life? For example, predisposing under biological can be the previous example on the underweight newborn having a higher cardiovascular risk. The predisposing risk factors do get a little tricky with psychological and social. But for psychological, you can look, for example, at the patient's attachment as a child. So some examples are family history, uh, physical illness, mental disorders such as schizophrenia, genetics, and so on. The next one is precipitating. Why now? Precipitating is usually about what has brought them here today. Or why is the patient coming to see you? What has made them take the decision to come? Something must have triggered the patient to decide that it was time to make an appointment and see the clinician. Reasons could be from current symptoms, current illness, onset or exacerbation of illness, behavior response, the role of inciting events, and so on. Hence, there has been an increase in the susceptibility of a mental health disorder. So some examples can be bullying, catastrophic events, increased level of stress, and so on. The next one is perpetuating, or if you want to think about it is, why does it continue? These are the current things that are making the patient's condition endure as symptoms may progressively become worse. These could be the severity of the condition, compliance issues, and resolve predisposing and perpetuating factors, and so on. In other words, perpetuating maintains the concurrence of a specific mental health disorder and prevent its recovery. Examples can be abusive relationship, substance abuse, and supportive environment, continuing physical or mental illness, and resolve precipitating such as ongoing bullying. Uh, another example I can think of is pain management. Someone who's constantly going through chronic pain because chronic pain and chronic diseases is, is very much so related to mental health uh, disorders and may accentuate uh, may, or, or may becoming, make it way worse. And finally, out of the 4P factor, uh, our last one is protective. Or the one that I can think of is what can I rely on? The protective factors can reduce and prevent the occurrence and reoccurrence of a mental health disorder. The protective factors can be the patient's strength, resilience, and support in their lives, or the amount of support they have with their family and social groups. For example, not using substance uh, or abuse them that would cause a reoccurrence of mental health disorder. Resilience, self-esteem, firm support groups, education or intelligence, healthy habits, financial stability, these are all things that are protective and help somebody to recover or not uh, fall into 
uh, a relapse. If you're following on my blog on my website, you would see table two. So this is an example of what it should look like. Um, if you do need to go on, on the blog or on the website, just type andreasestia.com and look uh, in the search bar for 4P factory model, you'll, you'll find it. In table two, it demonstrates the allocated investigation per square box. So if you're a doctor or a health uh, professional, these are the investigation you're gonna have to look for. Uh, for example, biological predisposing, you would look at medical history and family history. Or another example would be uh, psychological under perpetrating, you would do the MSC, presenting illness history and social history. Um, I'm not gonna describe everything, have a look at the table uh, because this, it, it would become way too much if I had to describe everything. Table three demonstrates example of what could be found per square boxes. And I found that table pretty useful if you're new to this and you need some ideas of where things should go. It definitely helped me the first time I did this. So for, again, another example, predisposing. Okay, we know predisposing, what has happened to me before? Under biological, we've got genetics, uh, toxic exposure in utero, birth complications, traumatic brain injury, uh, stool and predisposing. We, under psychological, we have attachment style. How was the child attachment to, to their parents? personality traits, isolation, insecurities, fear of abandonment since childhood. Again, story and predisposing are going across. Under social, there is domestic violence, poverty, unstable home life, divorces. These are all the things that, uh, that are socially, uh, that's where you would find it, and that's predisposing. So that's, again, that's before, like what has happened to me before. So have a look at the table three. It gives you a lot of different examples. It's pretty useful. It helps, you know, it help you. Uh, I'll give you another example. For, for example, protective. Let's do protective biological. A adequate diet, adequate sleep, good genes, physical exercise, resilience, intelligence, and so on. So if you're on the website, I've made a case study with Jane Doe and it utilizes the 4P factor model formulation. And what you have to do is you have to delegate each of the information that you find and put in a in the allocated square box in the table. So this is a fictitious case as I try to add something to each square just to demonstrate how the 4P factor model will look like. If this is your first time, just remember roughly what each box stands for and think if the description would match. Did you manage to fill all the boxes correctly? Was there an overlapping description that you felt should go into more than one box? Sometimes the same description can be repeated in a different box. The crux is as long as you can back up your thinking into the allocated box, then it should be fine, as there are many presentation styles. Remember, there is no right or wrong way to present the 4P factor model formulation. It should be intuitive and flow logically. Do know that sometimes some of the square boxes might not even be filled at all, and that's perfectly fine. As you practice more often, you will start to learn more about each box and a description. To conclude this podcast, our conclusion is that remember the 4P factor model formulation is a structured formula to create a quick and thorough detail of your patient's narrative into a coherent and concise record. Utilizing the mental state examination, which is the MSE, with the 4P factor model formulation, we can get an even better outlook on your patient's life as the MSC looks at your patient's psychological functioning and mental state. 
If you notice in table two, the MSC fills up two squares and boxes in the 4P factor model formulation table. Hence, you do have to do an MSC. Uh, you don't have to do it, but it would really help to really get a good picture of what's happening right now. In the end, the 4P factor formulation along with the MSC allows the clinician to make a sound diagnosis, suggest follow-ups if needed, prepare sound formulations and or patient management for a successful recovery. This would include the base course of action, such as which therapy is needed, if medication needs to be started or not, if there's a need for referral to certain support groups or specialists, and so on. So good luck, and uh, I wish you the best in your 4P factor model formulation when you have a real patient and practice in front of a mirror so it, it, so it flows logically and, and it feels organic. That's it for me. Uh, have a good day and stay healthy.